five in the eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new? Hello, and a very warm welcome to Five in the Eye. This is me, Michael Ohiduru, opening episode 0276 of Colourful Radio's weekly news review show. Whether you're streaming online or listening on DAB, we hope you enjoy reflections on five of the stories that have caught our eye, caught our eye over the last past week. And this is Phil Woodford joining Michael by Zoom this week and revealing that our top story is about the proposed Holocaust memorial. In- but what about victims of the slave trade? Five in the eye. At number two this week, we talk about the closure of the Cineworld chain with the loss of thousands of jobs in the UK. It seems as if our culture and nightlife is fast disappearing. And in the process, is there a danger that society is losing its soul? And what about paying for the things we love? Well, Amazon says that we could soon be doing it by scanning our hand. Initially at Amazon Go stores and then in a range of other places too. That's story number three. And number four, well, if you want to reduce stress, it makes sense to install some nice plants in your front garden. According to the Royal Horticultural Society, who have conducted a study with some university boffins. And finally this week, it's the man who takes two unlikely companions to the pub with him. A couple of geese dressed in nappies. Locals will be flocking to take a look. That's this week's Five in the Eye. Five in the Eye. We're going to kick off uh, the show this week with a Holocaust Memorial outside Parliament. Westminster Holocaust Memorial. And the controversy that surrounds it. Now, the controversy that the headlines are about, they talk about it being a terrorist object or subject. You know, terrorists will want to blow this thing up. This is an, uh, an award-winning uh, structure in a, in, a, in a quiet park just to the side of the parliament there. Uh, a, a modern structure of, of veins and steel and, and, and concrete. It looks, it looks magnificent, it does. Uh, but people are arguing, no, it's going to be a terrorist target. And I thought, doesn't make so well. Does that make really make sense? Why would the terrorists want to blow it up? When they've done it once, that's it. You know what, what, what point have they made? And the one in—I don't believe the one in um, a similar uh, um, memorial in Germany doesn't have the same. It's not the same target. So why why are here in Britain? And it made me think here. This what's this memorial all about? It's the Holocaust because apparently there's a significant almost twenty percent of young people don't know there was a Holocaust. Which is a oh, that's a dreadful thing because that's a the Holocaust was some, was a stain on European history that that, that will never be never be never be cleansed. Dreadful, dreadful. So it's right that we remember it. But then, do we need a memorial here in Britain for it? Haven't we got memorials for the war, the the fallen dead in the war because we fought against the fascism, the same fashion that 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 that, that caused the Holocaust? So Phil, you know, I'm. I'm not, I'm not against, I'm, when I say I'm not against it, I'm not for it. And I'm not against it for this terrorist thing. I think, I think that's irrelevant. What, 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 what what's your take, Phil? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know, you know, because we've talked about this offline, and I, I understand your concern, Michael, that, you know, we haven't yet got a proper commemoration to the horrors of slavery. And that, um, you know, while the Holocaust 
is much talked about and has been for generations. It's only very recently that this country's beginning ever, ever so slowly to bring into the open the uh, the consequences of the hundreds of years of uh, the slave trade. And, and I, I completely understand that point of view, but I don't think that the need to... Um, to recognise the horrors of slavery negates the need for the Holocaust Memorial. So my view is that it should go ahead. I would agree with Keir Starmer, the Labour Party leader, that it's important that we remember this event. Two things. On the terror target thing, I mean, it's sitting alongside a much bigger terror target, which is called the Palace of Westminster. And so, I mean, the argument to me that it's, you know, we shouldn't do it because it's a target seems fairly preposterous. I mean, the, the whole of central London, unfortunately, is full of targets for people with extreme extreme views. So that I, I, I completely reject that as an argument. Um, in terms of, um, you know, whether whether we, we should be commemorating it in the UK, I think yes, because I think the message about the Holocaust is not, oh, a terrible thing happened that was perpetrated by the Nazis or the Germans. It's that a civilised society in Europe, um, within the memory of some people who are still alive today, descended into barbarism and that we could once again go down that same route. So that's the message to me from it. Uh, I take on board of what you say there, and the particular point about the terrorism, where we do agree, it's not, uh, there's a bigger threat to, to the building next door. Have you looked at Victoria Gardens? Have you been there? I know it, yeah. It's quite a quiet space. And there's, there's, there's a monument to slavery, but you wouldn't know it if we went there. So it's, it's some gothic pastiche, pastiche building. It's just, it's gross. It's a monument to the abolitionists a fountain which is no longer working. And for me, that, that, that in some way says, says it all about Britain's memory of slavery. It's about the abolitionists. It's as though, it's as though they were, that was the good thing that they did. But there's no talk of the 400 years of slavery, the rape, the torture, the murder. There's, not, no, no, there's nothing that you, you see in that monument. Now, the problem I have, and you know, we discussed this, Phil. You know, is this this Me Too argument or this What About argument? You know, you've got that, but what about this? Mm. And, and, and there's no there's no moral equivalence argument. I see there's two separate things here. I, I would argue this: if we're going to have this, this 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 monument here, it doubly, double, treble increases the argument for having a proper monument to Britain's involvement, involvement in the slave trade and not glorify the abolitionists. We abolished it. Well done. We thank you for that. Well done. But the, the, there's no there's no monument to the um, to the 20 million pounds that was paid to the slave owners. Hmm. No monument hmm. to that. Yeah, I mean, I think... Let me finish. And there's yeah. no monument to the slaves who got nothing. In fact, they, 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 were, they were told they had to work pop, pop, pop for their freedom. So, Phil, that, that's what frustrates me about you've got this, this object here. And I think it is an object. It's a big object. It's got, for me personally, from an aesthetic point of view, it's going to look gross in that space, quite big, in quite a small, intimate space. 
and then next to the other monument, but, but, but almost mocking that that that, that gothic pastiche. You know, that, 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 that's that you know. I mean, that that's very fair. I mean, I don't think that. Um, I mean, I I was unaware of the abolitionist monument that you referred to, which shows how presumably shows how relatively insignificant it is it doesn't kind of feature very much on our uh, on, on our radar in terms of of monuments in london and i can see that um the when you have a, a large scale memorial alongside it, it it sends completely the wrong message about the the the, the two different strands of history that we're uh, we're, we're, we're determined to remember. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, I, I, I do think that actually we're more, more in agreement than this we were going to be when we were discussing it before, because um, I would, I would share your, I would share your view that uh, we do need to address the legacy of slavery and we do need to have um, an equivalent uh, monument and educational facility um, it, it, it com commemorating the slave trade and what it meant, because the legacy of that is still here today with us in terms of racism, in terms of inequality in society. It's highly relevant today, just as the Holocaust is highly relevant in an age of right-wing populism, of uh, Donald Trump, of uh, of all the terrible things we see going on around the world. No, no I feel, and, and this is becomes really difficult in terms of, I'm giving you a, a what about argument. Well, what about slavery? You say, what about the Holocaust? And it's, for me, it's more, it's, it's, it's difficult in the sense that the Holocaust memorial has, has a home. Whereas the, the, the GLC and the government have hummed and hard about the location for the, for the slavery, uh, for a slavery um, uh, monument. There's supposed to be one in Hyde Park, and the money has disappeared. I understood it's not there. It's not happening. Yeah, so and I, I think that you know that is something that needs to be addressed. And I think one of the things that we were talking about offline, um, because it were actually Michael, you know, Michael and I were were going into this in quite a lot of detail because we think it's a it's, it's an it's an important subject, but it's a sensitive subject. And I I think that. Um, we, we've got it. We've got a situation now where there's no um, there's no momentum yet for that slavery commemoration and monument, oh, and that's what we. Have. No, 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 no. But that's but that's exactly that's exactly what this discussion and the more, debate we're the debate we're having is, is is all is all about. I, I was saying to you offline that. In Germany, it took decades for the Germans to come to terms with what had gone on in the Holocaust, and they they've only reached. I mean, I've been to the I've been to the monument in in Berlin, so which is impressive. But but it only sober. it only opened in recent years, Michael. You know, and, and the, there was a long period of discussion and debate and coming to terms of things. That is a discussion that we are now beginning to have in the UK with the Black Lives Matter campaign and all the things that are going on in the wider culture. So I think it will happen. We're going to come back to this, Phil. I'm going to hold your feet to the fire over this. And I'm not just talking about the debate. I want action. But we'll do that another time. Five in the eye. Story number two this week is about the um, closure of the Cineworld chain, 
uh, which uh, no doubt you will have seen on the uh, on the news bulletins. Um, uh, thousands of jobs, over five thousand jobs in the UK are being lost because cinema is no longer viable effectively in the pandemic restrictions. And so we've got this situation where the Bond movie, um, which was long awaited, already been postponed once, was postponed again and uh, this is you know the, this this is the movie distributors thinking well you know we want to release it at a time when enough people can go to see it the consequence of deferring it is that actually cinemas that are already on the edge are uh, cinemas that are already on the edge are pushed over the edge and they can't operate anymore and then we go into the wider the, the wider world of culture and the arts and uh, what about the theatres and the people who are employed in the theatres and all the associated nightlife and the nightclubs and so on um, there's a owner of um, a gay club in London who is taking the government to court to challenge the 10pm curfew for instance Michael do you think that we're actually through you know, probably well-intentioned, um, well-intentioned ideas about reducing the spread of coronavirus. We're in danger of killing off our culture. In danger of killing off our culture. I guess it's more difficult than that, Phil. I'm sorry, because the cine, the cinema, the cinema, the cinema people did all that they could to create a COVID-secure environment. The, the people would go to the cinema feeling safe. The problem was there was no there was no content. There was no blockbuster. And that's what they need. They need those blockbusters. They need a, a, a flow. They need new, big movies. And not that I'm a person, I'm not a big fan of movies. Sorry, sorry about that. But my partner is, she's big on cinema. She's big on cinema. And she drags me along occasionally. I mean, you are a star of TV, of course, Michael. If you, oh. and if you, were, if you were in a movie, I'm sure you'd be a fan. But the issue being is they did all they could, but it was powers beyond their control. The combination of, of the of the Hollywood distribution chain and said, "Well, look, this is not the time to delete, release, release these this this next James Bond movie, which costs millions to make, and they want to make billions from it. And it's all about about timing. So the timing's not right." So there's a kind of you know, it's almost it's, I was going to say a perfect storm. It's not a perfect storm. It's the coronavirus. So Hollywood wouldn't release the movies. They'd set themselves up to be COVID secure and it, they didn't just come together. And I find it really difficult that, you know, we can go on planes. People can fly on planes and yet we can't go to, we can't go to the cinema in, 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 in sufficient numbers to make them viable. So I think this is, um, I think it's a dreadful story in terms of what, what it says about who we are or, or a piece of our culture. Kind of just gone like that, gone. A couple of hundred, you know, just well, a significant part of it just disappeared. There's an issue, isn't there, where, you know, um, you could argue that services like Netflix and Amazon Prime and so on. No, no. Have, have been, you know, they were already growing in popularity. No, and for, during no, the lockdown. Go, no, sorry if I'm being I mean, rude. Hold on a second. Have, have I even made my point yet, Michael? Have I even I'm made my point? I'm making it for you. <laughs> but there's, the, you know, you could argue now that in, in the lockdown, turn to these services. And if the cinemas did reopen, 
would we go back to them in the same numbers? I mean, do you think that this pandemic is going to change that whole culture okay, and shared that, experience? I, I feel like that, 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 that's a separate story. We've discussed this on Five Year in terms of when will we all see it as normal? That's a long way away. But but creating the environment there for those for those 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 business owners to have the confidence to 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 go you know to see it through because they can see a future. The Sydney world couldn't see a future, and and that that that's you know is. Uh, a dreadful thing when a business. Yeah, but I mean, what, what, what's the solution? Because we can see that in Scotland this week, Nicola Sturgeon is introducing more restrictions on things like pubs and and, and so on because of the coronavirus rising. We we've got lots more restrictions in other parts of England and Wales. Um, so the chances of us being able to do anything that makes it easier to go to the cinema in the next six months or so seem absolutely minimal, don't they? <sighs> Well, I think I'm all, I've got great respect for Nicola Sturgeon. You know, she's always do, always done the right thing. So you've got to go along with it. You've got to go along with it. But for me, this cinema thing is is on is in the same box as um as as um, Rishi saying that a musician should find another job. You know, we don't need cinemas anymore. Musicians don't need you anymore. We're kind of just shedding out the things that make us happy, things we enjoy. Now, yeah, yeah. and we talked about this before on Five Nights, the feel-good factor, the, the, the national feel-good factor, these are the things that make us feel better. And if we can just let them go just like that, you know, there's something wrong with us, Phil. I'm sorry, there is. Let me just take it from. Let me just take it for a minute from another, from another angle, though. You know, I'm thinking about going to the cinema. I like I like going to the films, um, but I'm thinking I'm going to go in there and I'm going to be wearing a mask, and it's all going to be all the social distance and all this, and, and I, the, the whole enjoyment of the thing is being sucked out of it by all of this. Oh, stuff. No, 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 let me let, let me tell you what you know. You're wrong there. I say you're wrong. I, no, no, that's not not that you're wrong. I just encourage you to try it because um, we, we and I went out to the first day. We went to an exhibition up in Greenwich, and it was an event. We'd forgotten what it was like to go out, you know, go out and just be with other people, socially separated, of course, socially, you know, that was there, but it was it nice to go out. And, that, and that, that's what cinemas, the pub, that's what, going out and just kind of a different environment. You know, so I think this is important. So as you, I mean, we'll be talking about this later on the show and when we talk about plants making a difference. Because yeah. that, that's there's stuff do. we miss, and and there was a report this week about people, uh, certainly a good proportion of people valuing touch, and then touch being taken away. You know, the ability just to put your arm around somebody, yeah, yeah. And, and and so on, and and so you know we we protect our physical health, but what's our psychological health? No, no, uh, you're right. yeah, just result? on that point, you see that story in the Midlands where the, at the funeral. Where the son wants to get a bit, you know, all the chairs were set up, you know, you know, two meters apart, and I think the the dad was being buried, and the mum was there, and the son was there, and the mum mum was crying, was weeping, a bit, you know, a bit emotional, and the son just went, got, moved his chair closer, and people, told the the uh, the guards, that's the better word, you know, started shouting at them, mm. you know, we've gone too far, we still you know, forget we are human beings. And cinema, music are part of the things that make us human beings. You know, if you take that away from us, you know, what, what are we doing these things for? What, 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 are we, what are we locking down for? Well, we'll never take five in the eye away, that's for sure. 
Five in the Eye. Story number three this week is, uh, well, I love this story. It's about Amazon Go and, and palm recognition. By that, you can go into the Amazon Go shop just down the road from them in Seattle and wave your hand, walk in, and start shopping. So it knows exactly where you are in this store. In, and when you pick something and put it in your basket, it knows what you've done. And you, can go, you, you do your shopping and walk out, wave your hand, done. You've not interacted with anybody. Now, I love that, that idea, because I just think, you know, I want to get in the dimmer shopping and get out. And I think it's a fantastic idea. But I know, Phil, you've got your concerns about this. Don't get talking about being surveillance society, Amazon know what you're doing. Listen, you use a browser, use a mobile phone, you are being watched. Get over it. Yeah, I know. We've had these discussions before. I mean, I, I suppose it makes a lot of sense if you're uh, – if 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 you don't have to use a device or a card or something like that, and actually it's just you um, and your appearance that that um, allows you to to make a payment. And you know, for a long time there was this thought of wearables being the the future of tech. This idea that you'd have glasses or wristwatches and things that would be. And I've seen people paying with watches um, for things on a buffet car in a train. It's all pretty fiddly imagine if you could just hold your oh, hand oh it isn't phil come on phil i'd pay with my mobile phone just it's, it's no, no different than paying by card no, well, I, contact I, I, th- I thought the watch, i thought the watch there. was pretty fiddly no but, but you just just bought you know i've seen you know not, okay don't i'm not i'm not big on watches but i've seen people use them my son uses his ding through just i mean bought. i know you you're like the queen michael you don't carry cash so <laughs> cash, this, this is listen don't get me started. Cash is so old school. I'm, in some ways, I'm always frightened of cash. There's all those germs and stuff on it. There was um, there was a picture sort of them in China where they were disinfecting the money, <laughs> as, as as it was going through the the plant, as it was coming into the bank, they were disinfecting it. But that I, I, that that's an aside. So what, what, so I'm in this Amazon Go store, or in the future maybe in some other store because they want this technology to be rolled out and i see michael i see michael across the way and i wave to you michael and oh before i know it, i paid for a new sofa or something no no, no don't you know don't be flippant phil don't be flippant you wave to me that registers on my log that i've met you today and then and it'll, it'll come up in my little headset oh that's phil woodford his birthday is uh, the 27th of october He's got three children. They're all seven. He's quite wealthy. He's going to a hard time. Your profile <laughs> pops up. That was made. But up I, I, I can I can tell that already your data is misleading you. No, 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 no It would be real time. It'd be real time. So, the, so this 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 hand would be, be a way of meeting people. So when you you don't touch, you just you know, your, your hands come together. Oh, I, I show you my hand. You show me yours. And there's, there's a transaction dump. So I'm up to date with what's happening in your life. But film, I think you're missing I mean, something. Adds, it adds a whole new dimension. That's a whole new dimension to like a high five because it could be like bring, bring it on, high, bring it on. And you can have selected high, high five. In fact, you could program your hand to give different information about you know the relaxed. For, for all I know, the next high five, film. I could be giving away five hundred quid. No, 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 no. See, it's not you. You, it, it, you and me, you be in control. You could be party, Phil, angry, Phil. 
political film, you know, just as you wave your hand, bosh, there you are. Michael, I should say, for all radio listeners out there, is uh, waving his hands as he <laughs> as he talks to you. He makes great radio, <laughs> doesn't he? Great radio. But look, one of the things I th- I'm really excited about this, and I think it's really important for us in these COVID times, because it's about contactless, con- you know, contactless everything. When you get on the bus, contactless. You get on the train, contactless. You open the car, you don't touch. You know, you, you, you go... Did I say you go to the toilet? You don't touch. Mm, yeah, no, well, I'll be a bit careful if you're not actually touching the toilet, Michael. The, 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 I got normally, it norm, normally when you're when you're sitting on a toilet, there would be some kind of contact made. No, but, no, no, okay, a bum print. That's another. That's another. That's, that's another kind of technology. I was just talking about flushing. <laughs> no, no, two things. I was talking about accessing the toilet. Mm. You know. Flushing, yes, flushing, and then washing your hands as the water comes down, your hand goes up. You know, what's interesting about I'm that? I'm a bit though? worried that we wouldn't know whether we, we were washing or flushing or paying for something. No, 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 you would. Yeah. <laughs> okay, if the door opens, that means it's worked. If the flush works, it works. What's beautiful about this, these could all be revenue streams. You can, you know, if you want a deluxe flush, <laughs> junior flush. You know, or do you want a lot of water? Do you want soap or toilet or you want access? You could, you know, the level of service could be managed. You know, get get what you pay for, the minimum or the maximum. You know, you could have a choice. So I think this this contactless really, for me, is fascinating in the sense that it allows Amazon and others to create different services. You know, elite toilets, you know, or toilets for the masses, you know, it, it, or, 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 or when you go into a shop, there's some shops you um you can go in because your bank account says you're allowed in. Others, sorry, mate, not allowed in here. You know, but and, why not? So when you go into the shop, you know all the people who you know you're with. I was you. I'm gonna say you're with your kind of people. Well, I think for just because of the time, Michael, we're gonna have to wave goodbye to story number three. <laughs> And move on now to story number four. Five in the eye. And our fourth story this week is about plants. And the fact that in um, Salford and Greater Manchester, uh, researchers planted some uh, junipers and azaleas and clematis and this kind of thing um, in what are described in no less august a publication than the Chorley Citizen, they're described as economically deprived streets in Salford. And it was all part of a study by the Royal Horticultural Society and people from different universities in the UK and the US. Um, so 42 residents, 38 gardens, and it was all about whether the, um, the, whether the plants helped people to feel better. And the conclusion was, they did, and it's all to do with levels of cortisol and the stress hormone and so on being being reduced. Having the plants actually had a, had a positive psychological, physiological effect. Is that something you can believe, Michael? 110%. One of my big takeaways from the, from the lockdown was my, my vegetable garden, my, my vegetable container garden, my joy getting up in the morning and seeing what's grown, what, you know, what, 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 what needs to be replanted, what needs to be moved around, just to get into my little plot. It's not a big plot, but it's a space where we've got some, got lots of pots with plants in there. I just made you feel better. 
I know, and it's this is fantastic. I can really witness with this report because I, I feel the, the that that green thing, that kind of connection with um with with nature. You know, there's um living in London, you spend your time in this built up, built up, built. Everywhere goes built up, and when, when you get onto the there's a, there's a um we 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 we, we go to we, we actually travel down to Folkestone quite a lot, and there's a bit. When you come off the M25 onto the M20, and you're at the you're at the top of a hill looking across a valley, and it's green and it's just beautiful. It kind of relieves, you know, lifts the mind, the spirit. You feel better, you know, with that view, that, that green horizon, that, that valley is beautiful. So not, you know, okay, this is me anecdotally telling you this. This is the this is as you say, boffins proving that it's a fact. But gardens, plants, greenery makes a difference. Do you think that in the future it's going to be prescribed on the NHS for people who are a bit stressed? And so, because you do hear of this, I'll get you know uh, doctors prescribing gardening and and so on. And some people will say, well, this is a bit of a cheap gateway of treating people because there's, there's they have to wait a year for any therapy and uh, they don't want to cough up for medicines. I can see where this argument is going. You're going to say they should give them pets. Oh, yes, yeah. a little cat, a little cat like Martha. No, uh, uh-uh, no cats. Plants. Have a have a have a nice aspidistra. Have a palm plant. <laughs> you know. Have a, a, a uh, there's a widow's tongue. There's lots of green plants, house plants. There's 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 garden. There's plants you can put in your just little pots outside. You know, marguerite outside the door there. You know, just a little box, a little box plant. Just beautiful. A little bit of greenery lifts the soul. Whereas a cat or a dog. Well, okay. You know, I, I I understand some people are dog and cat people, but me, give me a plant that lifts my soul. Five in the eye. Our final story this week. <laughs> now, this is Phil. St- I didn't want this. No, I did. I'm reminded of It's about <laughs> geese. A geese. This is a man who brought two geese at 40 pounds each, 80 quid, and he has them as pets. And. <laughs> He's got a very, very understanding landlord because he takes them round to the pub with a nappy. So you know, it's a joke here. Bloke walks into the pub with two geese wearing nappies. <laughs> I'm sorry, Phil. This is, this, you know. Yeah. You, I mean, you, 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 you do, you do feel there's the horse, the cow, and a goose got walk into a pub. Exactly. I, exactly. There needs to be some kind of punchline here, doesn't there? Really? Right, it's basically, but you know, total respect for him for being. I was going to say eccentric enough to have a geese, two geese, not just one, two geese. And he says they're quite amenable pets. Well, he gives them free reign at the house, apparently. Uh, so I don't know what that would be like having the geese wandering around your home. Can geese climb church? <laughs> can, can geese climb stairs? Well, presumably they could fly up to the, to, to the chair. What about the wingspan? Can you, they've probably got a big house. Well, maybe that's why he takes them down the boozer because he he finds that they they lack space in the home, whereas in the pub they're able to fly around, maybe pop over to visit other people. I'm gonna say, Phil, any pub. (laughs) If I went to a pub and there was geese flying around, (laughs) I'm sorry, you know, I don't care who you are. (laughs) Okay, you're not bringing that geese in here. Probably, particularly the geese wearing nappies. (laughs) You think? You've been smoking something, sir. <laughs> the, the details of this story are quite alarming. Apparently, the geese can live up to 40 years. I, I, I find that quite appealing. The idea they can live up to 40 years. 
you know, because by, by that time, I'm sure they get to know you. Yeah, I, I mean, given that pubs close at, at a rate of about one a week, I mean, the chances of this particular establishment still being around in 2060 seem a little bit far fetched. So, you think the geese would become upset if the pub closed down? They probably would. They, they become they become established locals. Oh my god! Animal abuse—you have to feed them at home, give them a pint of beer at home. Is that is that, is that legal to give beer to geese? <laughs> Do you, do you give beer to your cat? Glass, no, no it's my, probably my, a glass of wine. Now. You've got to shot uh, it uh, with, with a little. M- with Martha is offered uh, things like Sheba, which she does eat, and and water, which she won't drink. Cats are notorious for preferring to drink out of a puddle in the garden rather than drink any water that you give them in the house, which is very weird. I've learned something there, Phil. Cats are even more disgusting than I thought they were. Five in the eye. Anyone who is an avid listener to Colourful will know that we have used the Colourful platform over the last two years to champion people caught up in the Windrush scandal. We all know the wrongs, and the Home Office is now trying to right those wrongs. So Colourful is urging you to listen to this message and pass it on far and wide. Some people of Caribbean origin or from countries including Ghana and Nigeria who settled lawfully in the UK before the end of 1988 may not have the documents they need to show the legal right to live and work here. The Windrush scheme could help you get the documents you need free of charge. If you've lost out on things like work, healthcare and housing opportunities because you couldn't prove your right to remain in the UK, you may be eligible to receive compensation through the Windrush compensation scheme. To learn more, contact the free Windrush help team on 0800 678 1925 or visit gov.uk slash Windrush help team. That's 0800 678 1925 or gov.uk slash Windrush help team. Five in the eye. We hope you enjoyed being with us for episode 0276 and that you'll tune in again next week at the same time. For now, this is me, Mike Lohajura, saying as always, if you have been, thanks for listening. Yes, Michael's having a well-deserved break next week, but do join me and Valentina Gumba for the next edition. And also do keep an eye on the news in the meantime, as you never know what we'll be discussing on next week's Five in the Eye. Goodbye. Five in the Eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new?